It has been said a hero is an ordinary individual who finds strength to persevere and endure in spite of overwhelming obstacles. Not long ago, I was on the other side of the interview table with a man named Brad Hafes, who is the founder of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. His discussion with me is so important. We discuss real-life issues that will relate to you today. Things like, what do I do when life is hard? Why believing there is a greater purpose for what is happening than what I can possibly see today? The one choice that changes everything between God and man and how it continues to affect us. We even touched a bit on the Swindoll family, mental health struggles, personal life challenges, and some things that may very well surprise you. So I hope you enjoy the interview today. And believe me, you are a hero in the ordinary and extraordinary obstacles you're facing today. Hi, and welcome to this edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. Our mission here at Fresh Hope for Mental Health is to empower you to live well in spite of your mental health challenge by sharing insights through interviews, practical tools for living well, encouragement and courage for overcoming all from a Christian perspective. And now, here's your host, Pastor Brad Hafes. Hello, my friend, and welcome to Fresh Hope for Mental Health. I'm Brad Hafes, your host. Now, I know I start every edition of Fresh Hope by saying, we've got somebody really special today that we want to interview. Well, we really do have somebody <laughs> very special. And I want to welcome to um, the podcast, uh, Colleen Swindall Thompson. Welcome, Colleen. Thank you, Brad. I'm so honored to be here today. Well, yes. And when I say special, you are special. I know. I am very special. <laughs> <laughs> I, ride, I ride the short bus. That's a lot of times around here. <laughs> well, I've ridden that one a lot myself. <laughs> the But for those of you who are listening, uh, I met Colleen here, oh, it, in the last few months. And boy, sometimes you just feel like you meet somebody who is a, a sister from another mother or something like that. And uh, <laughs> I, I think you and I would be dangerous in the same family. It probably would blow it apart. <laughs> it, it probably would. No kidding. Yeah. Well, I'm so thrilled to have you today. And um, I think it'll be a real blessing for those of us who are going to be listening to some of the insights that you have and are willing to share. Uh, first of all, your maiden name is Swindoll. Tell me about that. Well, first of all, it's not Swindler, which is pronounced a lot of times like that in restaurants. <laughs> um, but I was blessed to be born into a family that is probably similar to almost, um, not almost, but many, many families today because we are very real. We had strengths. We have weaknesses. Um, we have a lot of mental health challenges. Mm. So Swindoll is my maiden name that I'm proud of because of my father's legacy um, and his honoring to the Lord and my mother as well. Um, but also, we're probably not a lot different from anybody listening. 
Yeah, so your dad is Chuck Swindoll, correct? <laughs> that is correct. But you betcha. And Lucy Swindoll is your aunt. Now that'd be an interesting story to know the backstory there, but we won't go there. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my gosh, I could tell so many stories. Let's stop. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure. Your mom's name is? My mom is Cynthia. Cynthia, okay. Yes. And you shared something with me that just shocked me that I think is so cool that your mom is actually, she's the one who started Insight for Living. Is that correct? Well, she actually did. Uh, My dad had been asked to be on radio several times, and he had turned them down, saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to do that. And my mom said, well, if I were to head it up, would you trust me to do that? And he said, well, okay, that that would work. And that was 37, 38 years ago. We started with... um, Mail coming to our house in big bins under our picnic table, kitchen table, because we had so little money. Um, Mm. And God used his voice and continues to, which is an honor to say that today. Yeah, I should say. And he, I listened to him many years and um, I've kind of, uh, found myself not listening a lot to radio anymore. I think it's age or something, but um, <laughs> but yeah, it's one of those deals where God has used him mightily. And now with Insight for Living, you are part of Insight for Living, correct? You have work that you do there. Tell us about I, that. Okay. I do work at Insight for Living. I started 10 years ago. Um, The first department that was opened was the special needs department because my folks saw how challenging it would be on an entire family system with a child or a loved one who has special needs. My third child, Jonathan, is diagnosed with numerous neurological and um, emotional, behavioral, physical challenges, and um, it, it just... The demands of caregiving, of sibling issues, um, they said, you know, we need to minister to these families. And yeah. so that's that started. And what we learned over time was special needs is really a symptom of a greater need, which is to offer people hope when they are at a point of despair. Yeah. So, so a year ago, we changed the name to quote, reframing ministries, which is a bit ambiguous, but what it really means is how can I look at this through biblical eyes, Mm -hmm. through true biblical eyes, not perhaps what I've been taught biblical eyes. Right. (laughs) There can be a difference, Um, can't there? (laughs) A massive one. And how can I look at my situation as what God has allowed is for a greater purpose that I may or may not be able to see today. Mm, That's really important. That's profound. It's really been um, what has given me hope personally because of so many challenges in my own life, mental health included. Mm. I have had to ask the Lord, as Paul writes in Ephesians in the prayer, chapter one, where he says, may the eyes of your heart be opened. That has been my prayer and continues to be for myself and for those 
who um, happen to hear insight or reframing or anything that that is brought through this ministry. Yeah, I'm sure that, that it's been a very interesting journey because the needs that people have when there's a special needs child really can be quite complicated or complex at times, right? Yes, absolutely. Now, I met you through Dr. Steve, and I never say his last name because I've never heard it said out loud. Uh, <laughs> it's hard to say. Yeah, it's like, give. could I buy a vowel? Or <laughs> could we take away a couple of consonants? Um, <laughs> but um, Dr. Steve, through Key Ministries, yes. you've connected with them at Key Ministries. And that's, yes. a, that's a ministry where Dr. Steve uh, helps churches help families who have special needs kids. Well, that's wonderful. And, you know, um, what would you say is your greatest joy in your work? You know what? That's a great question, Brad. My greatest joy is when a word is spoken through my voice that gives someone else a reason to keep going, to keep believing that their circumstances are not a mistake that God has not left them, that he will be with them regardless of what they say to him, because I have said it all to him. And when they walk away with the sense of, I can keep going, yes, that's the greatest, greatest joy. Because you're seeing the Lord redeem your own pain. Which was my prayer on a bathroom floor. When Jonathan was um, not yet fully potty trained, it was hot in the summer, and mm. I was so angry for so long that at, um, I don't recall, seven or eight years of age, you know, I'm wiping a bottom, I'm doing mm-hmm. hygiene, and um, it, it, it hit me because of the Holy Spirit that if this is your call, Colleen, to take care of one of God's uniquely created persons. Is that not an honor to you? Mm -hmm. And for the first time, I realized reaching down is sometimes the greatest honor of all. Mm. Yeah. The father reached down. He did. Yeah. Because in myself, I was mad. Why are you doing this? I did everything you I did everything the doctors said to do. I followed every diet, every um, remedy, every doctor, every whatever. And when he regressed so significantly after doing all these things, I had to realize my hope had been in people or in treatments. Mm -hmm. And until I put my hope in Christ, whatever he would allow— Mm-hmm. then I would be frustrated. And I was. Yeah. So what a joy then when you can speak hope to other people and say, I've said that. I felt that. Mm-hmm. I know that. Yeah, that's And wonderful. what a joy to be heard. Yes. Yeah. We need to be heard. I needed to have someone answer the phone when I called and said, I'm ready to jump off my roof. I can't do this anymore. Right. And she didn't judge. She didn't say, well, you don't have enough faith. She said, I totally get it. I'm right there with you. Mm-hmm. She was safe. I, I, 
Absolutely. Yeah, it's amazing. And so many times in the church at large, it doesn't feel safe, does it? Um, quite often, it isn't safe. You're mm-hmm. exactly right. Mm-hmm. Not not just a feeling, but a reality. Yeah, because many times uh, people just want to quick fix it by read the Bible more or shame on you, you know, or you just don't have enough faith or whatever. And when I read the scriptures, I see a whole bunch of broken and messed up people. <laughs> I love them all. Yeah. Yep. My favorite, yep. my favorite one is when Moses' brother... Um, tries to defend himself when Moses comes down and he says, well, we melted all this gold together and out came a calf, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What do you know? Yes, exactly. Well, until recently, I had never really pondered the idea that a lot of the Psalms are made up of laments. They're laments. And um, David, the psalmist, obviously had depression, at times. And so I can I can imagine because life does affect our brains. They say that 80% of all Americans will at one point in time in their lives have to be diag- or would be diagnosed with a clinical depression because just life does that to us. And Absolutely. So I can't imagine that you came out of this uh clear and free of not having any kind of mental health challenges. Hmm. Well, I will say that um, mental health issues are not just, they cannot be separated just as we cannot separate body, mind, soul, and spirit. Mm-hmm. And when it comes to mental health, if people separate that, then that's not really according to God's design. Right. As I read in Genesis and the fall, I read of a God who created provision for all their needs and a relationship that was um, unbound or unknotted. It was Mm -hmm. pure. Yes. Sin came in and that completely changed our relationship with God, but not his love for us. Right. Right. Interestingly, we read he provided for them. He provided their clothing. Mm-hmm. He sat and talked with them. And when it comes to mental health, my my longing is that people would sit and love and provide and listen to understand rather than to label and judge and reject. Mm-hmm. Um, when it comes to my own family, my mother actually tried to commit suicide two times oh, and has... Yeah a CD about that. In fact, it's a joke in our family, Brad, because it's the best-selling CD at Insight. (laughs) (laughs) That's really something. Yeah. And I I tell my dad, sorry, dad, 50 years of ministry, mom gets out there once and she whips your butt. (laughs) (laughs) I, I love it. I love it. Well, because I think so many people, what I found with Fresh Hope is when we first started a group that we were getting inundated with places that wanted to start groups because so many of us who have struggled with mental health issues wanted something that was faith-based and hope-filled and yet real. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, so yep. I would think real. that most people were happy to find out that even in your family, there was real 
Oh my gosh, Brad. You know, it's interesting when, um, two years ago, my, my dad was talking at the seminary and shortly before he was to give his talk, he'd become so ill. He threw up and that was outside the car, thankfully. And then on the (laughs) way back, he threw up again. And it was interesting because the seminary student came to him and said, Chuck, I just want to know what it takes to have your life. (laughs) (laughs) And (laughs) I thought, are you kidding? He's covered with barf. His wife just had spine surgery that needs 24 hour care. And I was helping provide that. We have, they have faced so many griefs and Mm. deep sorrows that There's not a formula to, oh, I'm going to be the biggest and the best. It's how willing are you to dive into your losses? Yeah. Yeah. And be surrendered to the Lord who has allowed them for a purpose that will become amazing. Yeah. Yeah. It's what you're doing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And too often, I think people think, oh, that person's family must be this or that there's so many people who isolate when they have mental health issues thinking they're the only ones and then they're like shocked to find out they're not alone you know and if you're listening to this let me tell you you're not alone you're not alone even the swindoll family has experienced (laughs) this and and you know david the psalmist and just find the scriptures all over the place where one after another had issues. We all have them. And if we stay alone and isolate it, uh, there's no, then it can get very lonely and it can only get worse many times. And, I think that's the enemy's greatest tool oh, is isolation. Yep. But Brad, what do we do then with, with the judgment that comes when people are honest mm. and say, I have, I am terrorized by PTSD. We, we want to fix it. Tell them to pray more. Tell them to have more faith. Mm-hmm. Um, that there must be some hidden sin in their life. So the person yeah. is left without support. Yeah. And we don't know how to walk alongside of somebody that's broken if we haven't experienced it. So we just back away. And, or if we haven't accepted our own brokenness, because uh, we all are. That would be a, that's that's a very good point, because, yeah, yeah, um, there's probably two kinds of people in the world, those who know they're broken <laughs> and willing to admit it, and those who are busy pretending like they're not. Right. You know, it's interesting that I think, oh, my dogs are barking. Oh, that's fine. Okay. We'll interpret for them if they, if they feel <laughs> like there's something really important, right? They may have Tourette's, Brad. That's a really dangerous opposition. <laughs> um, what I was going to say, though, is that um, until we're able to accept and embrace the reality that mm. we are broken um, body, mind, spirit, soul, mm-hmm. we're not we can't give what we don't have. In fact, it would be like me expecting my son who has terrible terror and PTSD, traumatic brain injury, mm. uh, autism, Tourette's, um, mental retardation wow. or IDD as they now professionally call it. And a host of other disabilities. If I 
walked out the door expecting him to behave as a typical person, mm. they would lock me up, and they should. Yeah, yeah, isn't that? And yet, that's what happens in the church all the time. Absolutely, and we're afraid to share. And I have been there. I get that. Mm-hmm. So I want to open doors like you. Do not be afraid to share whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It's under the blood. Your yep. your your history is not going to be your destiny. But you've got to choose your direction. Right, right, and and your your history will too easily become your destiny if you never mm-hmm. share, because it right. stays in the dark then, and uh, yeah. the enemy can hold you down. And there are no quick fixes. I I find it interesting. We did a trauma class, hmm. um, the American Bible Institute and I, or Bible Society of America. They were doing work in Africa, and I'm probably not going to have this story completely correct, but um, how I understand it is they were doing work in Rwanda, and they were finding that there weren't a lot of conversions. A lot of people just weren't reading the scripture. They weren't getting it, and then they realized trauma was keeping them from it. And Oh, um, my gosh. So they actually started... uh, doing trauma healing classes and courses Mm. with people. And I just went through one at our local jail here, our county jail, with one of the chaplains who's now working with them. And um, she led a group of eight men through five or six days of trauma healing. And let me tell you, I I couldn't believe all Mm. the trauma. And no wonder people... Their filtering system is so messed up, you know. And then when they hear that supposedly this God of all creation, this perfect God loves them, and their own parent didn't love them, and there was trauma mm-hmm. because of that, it, it's amazing to me. Mm-hmm. And yet, Our filters, yes, it is amazing. Oh, yeah. And our filters, you were going to say? Well, our filters are so skewed with, with the influence of psychology, and mm-hmm. I have a a minor in psychology. So I understand so many great things have come out of that. Mm-hmm. And, um, in fact, it helps me every day deal with myself and my family. Sure. But isn't it that 86 or 87% of inmates have a history of trauma somewhere yes. in their lives? Yep. I've been in the, our local jail now doing fresh hope for the last year. And let me tell you, most of them, have had such traumatic childhoods. I mean, Mm. with some of the stories we heard that week, one afternoon, there were so many painful stories. Now, I've been a pastor for 32 years, going on 33, and I've heard all kinds of things. I thought I had heard it all, but I heard so much in so little time that I wanted to actually throw up from Mm. just listening to the pain. Uh, It was gut-wrenching for me and um yeah and 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 the church has the hope we have the real hope because it i don't does. i don't need wishful thinking that i that doesn't work for me because i've gone on many diets with the wishful thinking that it's gonna work i need sure <laughs> i've and certain. even gone to disneyland with wishful thinking <laughs> <laughs> yes and so you know Sometimes I want to just scream out from the church roof to all churches and all pastors, listen, guys and gals, get it, get it. Grace is about 
being grace is for broken people, not people who have it together or are righteous or any. It's for broken people, and there's a lot of broken people. And we're all, absolutely. Well, yes, absolutely. And I think one of the things is, I'm sorry. No, no, you're good. You're good. But with trauma, I think it's very, very vital that people understand when a child is traumatized, the development of their brain shifts and the um, emotional and psychological development slows Mm. because the fight or flight syndrome, which covers our brain protectively. So God created with, with protective chemicals and so whatever is trying to be learned or communicated or whatever to a traumatized person is going to be like reading to a, to a person who's um, inhibited by sight. Yeah. It's not possible. Right. Until we get our trauma stories out and listened mm-hmm. to and affirmed, mm-hmm. we, uh, the brain physically, physiologically, and the soul spiritually is not ready to hear options right yeah absolutely absolutely so our churches don't have to know a bunch of stuff people need only to have time to listen yes and and what's sad is we're all so busy living life at um or i i think life is living most of us with Mm. you know and and or there's people dying before they're dead because they're they've Mm. been too busy they don't have time to listen. And busy to cover or to try and fulfill longings that will only be filled by um, eternal hope. Yes. Yeah. And that's the we real think, hope and not wishful thinking hope. That's the sure and certain thing. And it's, it is hard. There were times where I said to the Lord, you know, Lord, I think you need some new marketing direction. <laughs> Just FYI. <laughs> I love because, it. <laughs> because scripture teaches us that on this side of heaven, it's going to be tough out of James and out of first Peter. Mm-hmm. And to all of us, there's going to be really, really yucky stuff that God allows yes. for a purpose. If we choose to endure for second Corinthians chapter one, there mm-hmm. are many reasons why. Because it ends up becoming a passion to care for others. But there's a reason that it happens, but we don't know the end of the story yet. And hanging on can be tough. Yep. Yep. And somehow we've got the idea that life's not supposed to be that tough. Right. And that's, I did. that's a lie from the pits of hell, you know. Yes. Yes. And, um, it, you know, it's kind of like... Satan comes back to Adam and Eve, or comes to Adam and Eve and says, did God really say that? You know, and um, that did he really say life was going to be tough? I think he meant this or he meant, you know, and Mm -hmm. we get that idea. Speaking of tough, then let me ask you this question. What's Mm -hmm. your most frustrating thing that you've have uh, with your work and helping churches and others understand all this what's what's the greatest frustration that is just so timely the holy spirit is speaking through you brad so i don't want to listen right now (laughs) (laughs) oops (laughs) 
<laughs> nope, it's a great question. The toughest frustration has been the enemy um, working on my own, working in my own weaknesses and causing me to believe certain things that um, inhibit my connecting with others. If I could, if that even makes sense. Yes, no, that makes sense. Ministry is hard because if we would admit it, most people in it struggle greatly like I do. Mm -hmm. Um, And so the hardest part is frankly to trust the Lord. He will use whatever comes out of my soul to encourage somebody else. Yes. Yeah. Yep. I mean, I wish I could blame it on someone else or something else, but (laughs) the problem is, I am my biggest problem. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think I'd probably have to concur with that on my end of the deal. Not you being your biggest problem, me being my biggest problem. Mm. Yeah. It's so often, I think we find ourselves lacking the confidence that we've heard mm. from the Lord that something is the way to go, the way to do it, or whatever. Mm. And we wait, and we wait, we wait. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, that's very interesting. What what do you see as um, some of your future goals or the where the Lord is leading you? And okay. where is the Lord leading you personally or um, at, in ministry through insight? Hmm. Um, that's a great question as well. And I don't think I can separate the two because I can't separate my spiritual life from my everyday life because every day requires that I depend on the Lord because of caring for my son. Um, I also have a loved one with severe Alzheimer's that we are caring for. Um, And I also have weaknesses with uh, or struggles with ADHD Mm -hmm. with um, a history of domestic abuse and trauma. Mm -hmm. So when you start off there, mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> the goals the goals become very different. Um, mm-hmm. I think as I work with a, with my assistant, one of the goals that I have is to reach as many people as I can, so I can just listen to them talk uh. and spill out their story, so they know someone understands. Mm-hmm. Um. Another goal that I have is to learn how to balance well being a caregiver, a wife, Mm. a mother of five, Mm -hmm. um, a blended family. So my husband brought two into the three that I had and um, caring for their souls and their hearts as well. And just time for prayer, time for... um, well-being because I struggle with chronic painful conditions. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Life is hard. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and look at how many hats you're wearing just, you know, and then your work with insight for living. I mean, just, Mm -hmm. just all of those hats, it's enough to make, you know, your head spin. Well, it does. So hats are great on bad hair days, by the way. <laughs> I should so wear I them every day. Them. <laughs> you know, I'm I, just a side note. I've been, I, I had had 
fairly good hair all of my life and now it's uh-huh. coming out and uh-huh. I don't like it. I don't like it and I'm kind of vain, I guess, but I've got these holes in my hair. So I, I, I read that if you take biotin, that will help your hair growth. So I took it and now my eyebrows are going up my forehead. I'm, I swear. <laughs> my hair has not grown, but my eyebrows are going up. So Okay, get get worried when it comes out your nose and out your ears. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've got that too. But <laughs> we but di- it's so true. We like, digress, so true. right? <laughs> exactly. I digressed us. Um anyway. Uh yeah, so what what would be some of the areas that you feel like the Lord is calling you to move into or to continue mm-hmm. to do or or uh, that you'd like to see happen? Hmm. Um, gosh, that's a great question. I would love to, to hear that something said or written on, um, my blog at, I don't even think I know the, the URL address, but I think it's insight for living. Um, just go to insight.org. Yeah. Go to (laughs) insight.org and click on resources. And then reframing ministries. Okay. Or um, just type it into the search bar at the website, I would imagine. You could type in reframing ministries. You could, absolutely, because I looked that up the other day and I was almost mortified at some of the pictures because I looked 10 years younger. <laughs> <laughs> well, I only give out skinny pictures of me, and there are none. <laughs> well, you know what? That's what Facebook is all about. But that someone would find hope in something that is said and that the Lord um, would, should I remain surrendered to his will, mm-hmm. would continue to shape and form who I am in his image. So when others see, um, when I do have a chance to get out and be a typical person, that they would see Christ mm-hmm. through me. And I know that sounds like such a spiritual cliche. I really don't mean it that way because I know that means accepting what he allows for the shaping process. And in the Old and New Testament, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they got to go through the fire. And Daniel got to visit with some lions. And Moses was by a burning bush. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Paul, Peter, all of our all the New Testament individuals, how they died, difficult, challenging mm-hmm. deaths. You know, when we pray that, Lord, make us be authentic, make us be real, I surrender all. I don't know if we realize what that means. I know. I know. Yeah. I didn't sing that for years. For yeah. years, I could not sing it. Well, I used to say, Lord, this was all before I was broken. I mean, I was broken, mm-hmm. but I didn't know I was broken. So then he had to allow crushing to happen. And I used mm-hmm. to say, oh, God, use me, break me, mold me, shave me. I don't say that much anymore. <laughs> I, you know, Brad, I did the same thing. And it was from a very honest heart. Mm-hmm. You know, it was, Lord, I want to be used by you. Um, I happen to have spiritual gifts of teaching and exhortation and encouragement and so that's Mm -hmm. a bent of mine Mm -hmm. and you throw a holy spirit right on top of that and kaboom you've got a great teacher and he was like no you're Mm -hmm. not gonna do that yeah 
you got a lot more to learn. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we both know what that looks like in different ways. Yeah, it does. And it there is always pain involved. We, The Lord does not magically... He could. He could supernaturally mm-hmm. take away all of our pain and heal it and mend it. But I suspect then we don't learn as deeply because... No. Pain is a, an incredible teacher. I heard a term the other day called redemptive memory. Mm-hmm. And it was in a book on forgiveness. And he was saying, because, you know, so often we're told to forgive and forget. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I can't forget. But I can choose to reframe mm-hmm. that from a terrible memory to a redemptive memory. Perhaps I was needing to learn grace. Mm -hmm. I was needing to learn humility, patience, Mm -hmm. kindness, gentleness, Mm -hmm. acceptance, freedom, you name it. And therefore we can turn our stories around. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. And, and those of you who are listening today, I want, I want you to know that. That if you're in the midst of pain and you're going through struggles and hurts and all kinds of things and you're and you're saying, God, where are you? Mm. Really, God? All this? Mm-hmm. I want you to know that um, Colleen has known pain. And, and it's not as though she knew it and now she has none. She's got it still. And so do I. And mm-hmm. um, the thing is, is that God uses all things to work together for our good. And that is the comfort. That's that's not a hope as in wishful thinking. That's a sure and certain deal because we've been called and according to his purpose and his plan. We're just about out of time. And I want to ask you, Colleen, if, uh, well, first of all, it's been great. And I want to have you back. Will you come back? Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. It's probably because, you know, the pay is so good for doing this, right? <laughs> you know what? It's all in heaven, baby. Yeah, yeah. We'll send you a cookie. <laughs> um, so, but, but the, the, if you would, just speak to the listener right now that's listening. They've taken time to download this podcast or they're listening um, online. Can you just speak to them and whatever the Lord lays on your heart to give to them for hope and then... Would you mind having a word of prayer for them? I don't mind at at all. Um, For those of you who are listening, first, I want to thank you for honoring your time and spending it with Brad and with myself. Um, Your time is valuable, and I, I respect that you have listened to this. Second, I want you to know that you're not alone Mm -hmm. And you don't have to struggle alone. In Mm -hmm. fact, I read today through my dad's um, reading journal, July 18th, maybe you have found yourself suddenly face to face with a situation that a year ago you would never have dreamed could be true in your life. Mm -hmm. But now it is. Mm -hmm. God is pressing you in the midst of your own Gethsemane saying, I want to have my will in your life. I want you to release your rights. I want you to be willing to accept my will. 
Mm. And may not my will be done, but yours. Mm -hmm. Father, Mm. I have no idea the amount of pain that some of us are feeling. Mm -hmm. But Lord, I know because this world is dark and because the enemy is real, some have awoken or laid down without hope. Will you please fill them now Mm. with your comfort and hope that is beyond explanation, Mm -hmm. Lord, because that is you. Mm -hmm. And we honor and glorify you when you, Lord, can receive that because we know in and of ourselves, this was not possible. Mm-hmm. Lord, I give to you and I pray for you. I pray for those who have been admitted to hospitals, who have children, who may be cutting, mm-hmm. suicidal, hospitalized, out of control, addicted, Lord, may you comfort those parents Mm -hmm. and let them know it is not their fault. Mm -hmm. They must take responsibility for the things that have happened in their lives. Mm -hmm. But yet their son or daughter belongs to you. Mm -hmm. And Lord, may you keep all of them in your care. I also pray, Lord, for those who are caregivers, exhausted perhaps at times angry, frustrated, lost, alone, isolated. Lord, may you bring a neighbor or a letter Mm. or an email or a podcast Mm. or a note to them, reminding them that you are with them through it all. There are so many things, Lord, that we could keep praying, but you know even what we cannot speak of. So I give everything to you, Lord. And I ask, Lord, that you soften the hearts of those who have been hardened against mental health and their hope. Let them know there is hope, there is healing, and there are resources. And we pray all these things in the name of your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Yes, Lord Jesus. Yep. Well, thank you so much, Colleen. Thank you. Um, It's been a joy for me. I look forward to having you on the program again sometime in the near future. And um, sounds great. Yeah, sounds like fun. <laughs> it does. <laughs> um, and well, my friend, for those of you who have been listening, we want to thank you for listening to this edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. I pray that it's been ho- um, helpful to you. Now, I want you to take very seriously that if you are feeling as though you cannot cope and you do feel like you need to talk to somebody, call the national hotline suicide hotline the number is on our website www.freshhope.us there is hope there's no reason to consider anything else but hope but i understand i've been there and um, i want to encourage anybody that needs that to do call and uh, check it out at www.freshhope.us 
www.thebibleshow.us. Now, um, would you mind doing me a favor, too? If you're receiving this podcast through iTunes, would you mind writing an honest review of the program? Well, we really appreciate that, and your review helps our ranking on iTunes, and it makes the program easier for others to find us. So if you just do that, that would be great. Um, we have groups across the United States. If you're looking for a group to help you in regards to supporting you with your mental health issues and challenges, or if you are the loved one, we have groups all over. Those are listed on our website also, or we have one online, and you could uh, certainly join us that way. Uh, be sure and tell your friends about this program. So until next time, may the Lord fill you with hope, fresh and new daily. Real hope is in him, and there it's for real, and it's for you. So until next time, I'm Brad Hafes, your host, and this has been another edition of Fresh Hope for Mental Health. You've been listening to Fresh Hope for Mental Health. If you have an opportunity, please review, share, and subscribe to the Fresh Hope for Mental Health podcast on iTunes or on the service that you use. We encourage you to share our podcast on social media with your friends and family. Previous podcasts of Fresh Hope for Mental Health can be found at freshhopeformentalhealth.com, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, and iTunes. Fresh Hope is one of the leading networks of faith-based peer support groups internationally. For more information about Fresh Hope, go to freshhope.us.